Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Kings chapter 1 from the World English Bible. Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. Ahaziah fell down through the lattice in his upper room that was in Samaria and was sick. So he sent messengers and said to them, Go, inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, whether I will recover of this sickness. But Yahweh's angel said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and tell them, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you go to inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron? Now, therefore, Yahweh says, you will not come down from the bed where you have gone up, but you will surely die. Then Elijah departed. The messengers returned to him, and he said to them, why is it that you have returned? They said to him, a man came up to meet us and said to us, go return to the king who sent you and tell him. Yahweh says, is it because there is no God in Israel that you send to inquire of Baal Zebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore you will not come down from the bed where you have gone up, but you will surely die. He said to them, What kind of a man was he who came up to meet you and told you these words? They answered him, He was a hairy man and wearing a leather belt around his waist. He said, It's Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent a captain of fifty with his fifty to him. He went up to him, and behold, he was sitting on the top of the hill. He said to him, Man of God, the king has said, come down. Elijah answered to the captain of fifty, If I am a man of God, then let fire come down from the sky and consume you and your fifty. Then fire came down from the sky and consumed him and his fifty. Again he sent to him another captain of fifty with his fifty. He answered him, Man of God, the king has said, come down quickly. Elijah answered them, If I am a man of God, then let fire come down from the sky and consume you and your fifty. Then God's fire came down from the sky and consumed him and his fifty. Again, he sent the captain of a third fifty with his fifty. The third captain of fifty went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and begged him and said to him, Man of God, please let my life and the life of these fifty of your servants be precious in your sight. Behold, fire came down from the sky and consumed the last two captains of fifty with their fifties, but now let my life be precious in your sight. Yahweh's angel said to Elijah, Go down with him, don't be afraid of him. Then he arose and went down with him to the king. He said to him, Yahweh says, Because you have sent messengers to inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, Is it because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore, you will not come down from the bed where you have gone up, but you will surely die. So he died according to Yahweh's word, which Elijah had spoken. Jehoram began to reign in his place in the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. 
because he had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah, which he did, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? That's the end of chapter 1. You can refer back to 2 Samuel 8, 2, for when Moab was subdued by King David. So this verse here, verse 1 in 2 Kings 1, might seem strange if you don't know that, but it is both a marker of the timeline and a description of Ahaziah's short reign. We were already told in 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 51, that Ahaziah only reigned two years, and here we get the particulars. He took a bad fall and was critically injured. We usually associate the word sick with infection, but other translations say injured. Whether the bodily damage was too severe to heal or he progressed to an infection, he was in a bad enough situation to wonder if he was going to live. It doesn't say who Ahaziah's mother was here, like it frequently does with some of the sons of kings. It's hard to imagine Jezebel allowing any other woman to be King Ahab's wife for political reasons. She was all about power. But it does seem likely that she would encourage King Ahab with concubines and such, since the worship of her gods involved that sort of thing. So I think it is likely that she is Ahaziah's mother. I also wonder if she's not mentioned as the king's mother, because to even be referred to as someone's mother is kind of a place of honor biblically, and she didn't deserve any honor. One other very wicked woman will be mentioned as someone's mother, but this is necessary for the narrative, and it was probably Jezebel's daughter. You can see that in 2 Kings 8.26 and actually involves a different Ahaziah. In verse 2, I got a little stuck saying Beelzebub, because I'm used to the New Testament way of saying it, Beelzebub. Easton's Bible Dictionary says that Beelzebub is probably the same word slightly changed over time as Beelzebub in the New Testament, and that it means Lord of the Flies or Dung. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia says that the Greek actually says Beelzebul, which at the time of the New Testament writing um, was a name for the chief of demons and identified with Satan. And you can see this referred to in Matthew 10.25, Matthew 12.24, and then the same incidences in parallel in Mark 3.22 and Luke chapter 11. Smith's Bible Dictionary also says that Beelzebul is the correct New Testament reading, and that the original meaning that we're seeing in Kings here may have been as Beelzebub, the Lord of the house, and so it may have been a play on words saying Lord of the flies. It is interesting to note that the word Baal apparently just means Lord, and that's why it was actually used in names by people like Jonathan, the son of Saul, and King David. You can see those names listed in 1 Chronicles 8.34, 9.40, and 14.7. But then, probably around the time of Ahab and Jezebel, it got so strongly associated with the false god that it wasn't used to refer to, to, refer to anyone else as Lord, in particular, the Lord Yahweh. In verse 3, it's not like Ahaziah hadn't heard of Yahweh or Elijah. Elijah was around a lot while Ahaziah was growing up, and Jezebel probably ranted at the dinner table about him. And we hear in verse 8 that he does know exactly what Elijah looks like. 
And you also see here that Yahweh is still claiming the land as his chosen land as well as the people. Plus, other times we have seen that other nations associated the land with him. So he's speaking up and giving Ahaziah another chance to ask of him. The description of Elijah in verse 8 reminds me of John the baptizer in Matthew 3, 4. Basically, the leather belt, I guess, is the main thing, whom Jesus mentions and compares to Elijah in Matthew eleven fourteen. You can probably tell from how I read it that I get the impression that the first captain was using the title man of God derisively. Elijah's response also indicates this may be true, as does the fact they are coming in military style. But it's kind of humorous that they're sending 50 soldiers for one man. And this is kind of ridiculous for three reasons. Like I said, one, Ahaziah knew who Elijah was and what he was known for. Two, Ahaziah's sense of proportion of power is pretty pathetic. So prophet can call down fire from the sky. Let's send 50 mere men to arrest him. And then three, Ahaziah has already gotten a message from a prophet with an impeccable record. Why is arresting him going to help? And four, why does he think it's useful to keep sending men to get burned up? The second captain doesn't seem quick on the uptake either. He delivers his message like a parent who has counted to 10 and his child still hasn't obeyed without any acknowledgement of who Yahweh really is or his representative. Or maybe he thought the first fire from heaven was coincidence. The third captain is wiser and willing to humble himself. He proves himself to have the correct attitude about escorting God's prophet, so he gets the job. It's curious that God tells Elijah not to be afraid. After all, Elijah did just call down fire from the sky, yet he apparently has some concern about being in custody. This is not unlike the incident where he runs away afraid after slaughtering the prophets of Baal. He is a man. He is human, just like us, like James says. But Elijah goes, and he just delivers the same message. And unfortunately, seeing Elijah in person does Ahaziah no good. There's no indication of any response. Much like some people saw Jesus on earth and his miracles, but many of them still spurned him. It is also another example that seeing or knowing miracles firsthand doesn't matter if a person will not come in faith to God. In verse 17, we find out that Jehoram was a popular boy's name when Ahab and Jehoshaphat were having children. The first Jehoram mentioned is Ahaziah's brother, and this is made clear in chapter 3, verse 1, which we'll get to. The second Jehoram married a daughter of Ahab, and we'll hear about how badly all that turned out later. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 